Welcome to another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church. Yeah, chaplains do a great job, and I've been involved with <clears throat> with Urangan High for yeah, thirteen years or something or more, maybe longer, and uh, still on the um, on the chaplaincy committee there <clears throat> with Bridie, and uh, it's great. And chaplains, a chaplain's job isn't easy. Let me just say that um, it's if I had to choose to be a chaplain, it's not something I would choose lightly to do and just think God would have to actually call me to do it because it's not an easy environment to live in. I've I've, I know some of the behind-the-scenes stuff that goes on and met with principals and conversations and teachers of, that have all different views on different things that don't always line up with the chaplain's view. And uh, <clears throat> so it's not an easy job, but it's a very rewarding job, a very impacting job, and God used it very powerfully. So, uh, and, you know, I encourage you to support, continue to support chaplains. And, uh, and uh, we have an open door. Um, many, a few times now it's tried to be shut down and, uh, and closed down uh, in our state and nation, but um, it's failed every time because I believe God wants chaplains in our schools. And so, it's good. Tonight, I just want to share a quick message um, and just had a few things. I want to share a story, but before I share this story, I just want to lay a bit of foundation because, and I thought about chaplaincy and some of the things sometimes they face and, and, uh, you know, if being a chaplain, sometimes uh, um, you get things that threaten and and attack can be things like there's a you know when we have a a, a meeting about chaplaincy often one of the main topics is how are we going to raise more money this month and uh it's a reality um and there's like i can you know off the top of my head now i know of uh, one chaplain service needs three or four thousand uh, dollars at the moment one in harvey bay to continue functioning they want it to function and things like that and so and so there's always like oh, how are we going to raise more money how are we going to provide more funds and and different ways and so that can be a a, a threat and sometimes if you're a chaplain it could be a bit of a distraction even it shouldn't be something they have to worry about but it's like sometimes they're being a chaplain but at the same time thinking how am i going to raise money so i can actually have a job still and, uh, and that's a reality, whether you realise that or not. Many chaplains uh, carry that burden and uh, they shouldn't have to carry that, but uh, sometimes they do. And um, there's also, you know, sometimes that can be misunderstood and it can be like a threat that, they, that teachers or staff or students can misunderstand what they're there to do. They think, oh, you're there to tell, preach, preach about God, or, you're there, but that's not actually the case of why they're there at all. And, uh, and it's, if they've got an opportunity or an ask to, they can do it, but it's a support to the school and what they do. And so they can be misunderstood and, and sometimes they're even falsely accused of you did this or you did that wrong or oh, this happened. And so there'd be threats and things like that happen to, say, chaplains. And then I was thinking about that and I thought more broader about our nation. At this time in our nation, there's, uh, there's some threats and attacks happening in our nation that are to our morality, the, na- the morality of our nation, and also uh, uh, de- people's identity and facing, uh, facing you know, threats. There's an attack on the identity of who we are as people and the morality of our nation. A few things, whether you're aware of it or not, and I thought it's hot, just re- just mention a few of these things, and then I want to share a story that, that talks about this whole situation how God sees it. And, uh, you know, there's a few things that are uh, happening and most of you would have heard about the redefinition of marriage that they want to, um, you know, same-sex marriage and all that's over media and there's a whole, been a push about that as well and different things happening and, and in the media and, and uh, you know, a lot of the, you don't get all the clear picture, you don't get all the truth in the media and some media is biased and some isn't and all that, but we, we know about that and, and that, you know, the, the issue of just of marriage isn't really 
but the people behind it isn't really, they're not that worried about should, uh, should uh, um, two men be able to get married or same-sex marriage. The issue is much broader than that and has a lot more influence than that. And it's really, as I can see, an attack on our family. And, uh, and the implications of that, what people need to understand, because a lot of people I talk to that are, uh, you know, just uh, family people, and they may not be Christians, have normal conversations with them, they're like, oh, no, we don't want that to happen, but they, or they may go, oh, it doesn't matter, just let them do it, but then they haven't thought through about the implications of what the next steps are that they will push for after this. Because this is not what they're actually after. A lot of, that's an attack on our family, of our nation, and morality as we know it. And so the, that's happening. And then I'm not sure if you're aware that a, a, a politician, a member in Cairns, has also uh, put a bill forward not that long ago about bringing in uh, full t- full term abortions in Queensland. And so. Um, if that is to go through, I know there was meant to be an answer on that this Friday. I haven't heard about that. If that's come back through, I don't think it'll get through. But if it did, it would be the worst abortion law in the Western world. And uh, I read an article on it, and it's the actual, in every country in the Western world, in America, Australia, New Zealand, you know, whole Western world, that would be the worst law. So out of nine months, you can abort your baby legally. So that is what, and he suggested we should do this. Now, I can say a whole lot of stuff about that. Um, I would say that's murder in my opinion. But just to be straight, at nine months, and I know there's other reasons why sometimes there's a risk to life and, and abortions happen and things like that. I understand that. But for someone just to choose to, well, that's it, I'm just going to end that life for whatever reason, I think that's an attack on life. <clears throat> so I'm talking about threats and attacks. Safe Schools Program. I don't know if you've heard about Safe Schools Program. A few people have. And, uh, and, about, and you read into that and you think, my goodness. And so, you know, things like uh, in schools currently, mostly in Victoria and, uh, and some other schools in Queensland, around our nation, um, you know, teaching students through this program that you aren't actually male or female, that you can have many genders depending on how you feel. Um, and and they do, and that's what they teach. That's what they tell them. They believe you can change to be, and they've got twenty different definitions of what you can be. Twenty, and so yeah. Anyway, I've read some articles and people going, how do they even come up with these things? Where do they even come? So it's an ideology attack on the identity of people, and they're doing it without even parent consent. And so there's a whole lot of uproar about that and kids being taken out of schools and, and uh, if you jump on social media and, and read some articles that are put up, the Australian newspaper puts regular articles up and, and uh, there's some are for it, some against it, but obviously it's being investigated and was investigated and the federal government pulled funding from it and it's an ongoing thing though. And so that is an attack, as I see it, on the identity of our kids and there's, they're attacking the kids, and it's a deliberate attack that they've planned, whether you realise or not, for the last 10 or 15 years. And, uh, and you can, if you look back in time, it's something they deliberately planned to do and bring it in through our school system to change the culture of our nation. That's the underlying thing of it. Also, along those lines, kindergarten. Now they've got a kindergarten program they were about to release or wanting to release uh, that's teaching the same thing to our kids that are three, four years old, that you're not male or female, um, that you can... And they're also now, I just read last week, that part of it, they want to teach them about sex change operations in case one of their parents decides they're not a male and they want to be a female. And they want to make that mainstream all through our kindergartens across our nation. <clears throat> so this is Australia. 
This is, uh, this is happening in our nation at, as we speak. And, uh, and some of you, and you don't hear all this stuff, I see it mostly on social media, on newspapers. If you read all the papers, sometimes it's a small little article. But I'm just highlighting a few things, and some of you would have heard of this, some of you won't have, but I'm highlighting to say there's an attack on our nation, not to think, oh, this is what we're going to do, as to say the enemy's attacking, but God is greater, and, uh, and God is at work in this whole situation. There's also an attack recently on our RI in Queensland schools. And there was an organisation that uh, in, came, was, came in Victoria that actually shut down RI in schools. Religious instruction is no longer happening in any schools in Victoria. Uh, it got closed down by this organisation and they were able to shut it down. They tried to do it in New South Wales and failed. And they've come to Queensland uh, at the, about the start of the year, um, maybe a bit earlier, end of last year, and tried to do the same thing and, and tried to um, emailing things and emailing schools and talking to the government. And then... Just recently, a few months ago, probably two or three months ago, a principal in a school made a complaint about an RI lesson and took it to the Queensland government. And with one complaint, and uh, there could be a whole lot of issues about that, about, but one complaint, um, the Queensland government decided to do a audit or a base investigation to the Queensland RI program. This has been happening for a while. Some of you may have seen there was a few um, uh, things you could sign in favour of RE or uh, RI and write letters to your um, state member, which I did, member of education and things like that. And, and I think I sent some emails out just trying to tell people, hey, this is happening, be aware of it, please pray and things like that. A lot of people prayed and I was having a conversation with a leader and a pastor a little while ago and uh, they were saying, who were, they were fully involved with it and they were saying, it doesn't look good for RI and I'm not sure if they're going to allow RI to continue. They were serious about that because there was such an overwhelming uh, lot of emails and letters and things coming from this group that had organised all these people. But uh, last week received a, uh, they had a meeting again and the state government and they must have received obviously a lot of, when did investigation, must have received a lot of letters of support and fully looked at the whole thing and they've basically said RI will continue in Queensland. <clears throat> and... And they said there needs to be a few changes to curriculum, but they weren't major changes. And I read through the whole thing and I thought, nothing much has actually changed at all. If anything, it's actually lifted the profile of RI. It will cause a few RI areas to get a bit more organised because some weren't organised well in small areas and towns and things. And actually, out of it, it's going to be much good. And in one moment, actually, the government has shut down any attack on RI in that one investigation. So that is a win for uh, our schools. <coughs> And so think about all these things, all this stuff. You sort of, see, 10 years ago in our nation, we would have said if none of this would ever happen in our nation. And uh, we would never see anything like this, all these type of things happening. But the reality is that's the nation we're living in at the moment. Um, but when thinking about that, when Jesus walked the earth, he was always under threat. He was always under attack. Always, always, and he didn't, and he was not worried about it. You read the book of Acts; they were always under attack. The the um, the the apostles and leaders they were always under threat, always under attack. And they said, "We'll send you to jail." Then they did send them to jail. Then God just miraculously busted them out of jail, and and all these incredible stories happen. And we go, "That's an awesome story," but they're under attack. And we go, "We don't want to be under attack. We don't want to be threatened." But you get awesome stories when you come under attack. You get awesome stories come out of being threatened and God moves sometimes greater 
when there's an attack or a threat. The greatest moves of, God, moves of God in the book of Acts was when there was greater persecution. Greater miracles happened when there was greater persecution. Greater amounts of people coming in the kingdom actually came when there was greater opposition, persecution, and attack, and threat. So just because some things are popping up in our nation and are attacking the morality of our nation and even and our Christian beliefs and, and our laws and things like that, that doesn't mean that uh, God's worried about it. Sometimes we can get worried about it. Sometimes we can go, oh, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? But who, who, is, who do we trust in? Who do we believe in? Who do we think is greater? And so they were not worried about it. When attacks came, they, what did they do? In, in the book of Acts, when attacks came, they, they turned to God. They started worshiping God in the jail. They started turning and praying to God in the jail. And they started, and they just turned to prayer. And they said, God, we can't do it, but you can. And as they prayed, God moved. And that's what happened with our, there was many, uh, and there is many regularly. There's actually Queensland. If you look on the website, there's several teams of people that are doing 40 days of fasting and prayer in Queensland and churches every week or two meet together in regional prayer meetings all over our state, a lot around Brisbane, praying for these very issues. And they're believing that as they pray that God is moving and turning it for good. And that's what happened with the RI. In a matter of weeks, the whole situation turned around. So in, so in context of all of that, I want to read a story. It's a great story. And it's found in the book of 2 Kings. And uh, it's a story that, uh, you know, it faced, when you read it, you think they faced huge opposition in a possible situation, but God moved. And it says this in 2 Kings 6, chapter 8, When the king of Aram was at war with Israel, he would confer with his officers and say, We will mobilize our forces at such and such a place. But immediately Elisha, the man of God, would warn the king of Israel, do not go near that place, for the Arameans are planning to mobilize their troops there. So the king of Israel would send word to the place indicated by the man of God. By the man of God. Time and again, Elisha warned the king so that he would be on the alert there. The king of Aram became very upset over this. He called his officers together and demanded, which of you is the traitor? Who has been informing the king of Israel of my plans? It's not us, my lord, the king, one of the officers replied. Elisha, the prophet in Israel, tells the king of Israel even the words you speak in the privacy of your bedroom. That's a word of knowledge. It's the same gift of the Spirit that the Holy Spirit gives you and me. Used an example in the Old Testament. But do you realize that the Holy Spirit wants to speak to you and me in that way. That in our relationship with him, he wants it to be so close and it needs to be so close that even, you know, not, it can be, you know, that's a, that's a big situation going on right there. And, but it could be things like you're going to make a decision or you're going to a partnership with something or you're going to make a financial decision and the Holy Spirit will just go, uh, 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 no, I don't, just wait. No, don't do that. Oh, yeah, you should do that. And he will tell you and give you a word of knowledge about something that's going to happen or the, be the right place at the right time. He, will, he can warn you about situation and things that are happening before they even happen because it's a gift to the Holy Spirit. And that same Holy Spirit lives inside of us. So that's a word of knowledge. And you can imagine how frustrating it would have been for this king 
here we go. We're gonna, they're coming. They're going to come this way. We're going to set up here. And when they come, we're going to ambush them. We're going to kill them or whatever. And God will go, oh, they're going to be in that spot at that time. And Elisha goes, look, don't go that way. Go the other way because they're going to be there. And they'll be like, where are they? You said that all these Israelites were going to show up. And they're like, they didn't show up. They went a different way. How did they know that? How did they know that? How frustrating it would have been. So this guy's frustrated. So then it says, go and find out where he is. He's like, we've got to get rid of him. Take care of this guy. The king commanded, so I can send troops to seize him. And the, and the report came back, Elisha's at Dothan. So one night the king of Aram sent a great army with many chariots and horses to surround the city. When the servant of the man of God got up early the next morning and went outside, there, are, there were troops, horses and chariots everywhere. Oh, sir, what will we do? What will we do now? The young man cried to Elisha. He says, don't be afraid, Elisha told him. For there are more on our side than on theirs. And so, now that town, if you in, have a look at that town, Dothan is built on a mountain, on a hill. Okay, so, and there's a, there's a range that runs with it. And so, that, when it says a great army, we're talking thousands, because they, they surrounded the city. It wasn't a little hundred men. Let's, and they're only after one guy. One, this is how worried he was. We need to take out this one guy because he's wrecking all my plans. And so and after one guy, let's send thousands, chariots, horses, all, and surround the whole city. They, and when they travel by night and then they wake up in the morning, there's a huge army standing around the city ready to get Elisha. And Elisha is cool, calm, and collected. His servant is like, he's like looks out and goes, um, um, Excuse me, what are we going to do? There's like thousands out here, and I'm pretty sure they're probably after you. They're not after me, I'll be, I'll be fine, but they're after you. They're after you, Elijah. What are you going to do? What are we going to do? And he's instantly afraid. And the question is, is that do you look at situations with fear or with faith? Do you look at situations with fear or faith? When you hear things happening in our nation, when, we, when things happen in your life, because sometimes we can face some situations that, you know, there's big things going on in our nation, but to you there can be things happening in your life that come against you. It's like the enemy's attacking and this situation, that situation, it's like, <coughs> it's like overwhelming and you're like, what do I do? And sometimes we react with fear. <coughs> we react with fear and it's like, oh, and then we, we go into in our own thinking we go oh I've got to I've got to fix this I'll do this I'll do that we do that instead of stopping and going no I can act with faith and saying God you saw this coming before I did what should I do where we can calmly say Holy Spirit same Holy Spirit we got a word of knowledge to Elisha Holy Spirit what can I do what's the best path for me to take how do I handle this situation and so we've got one servant acting in fear Elisha has faith and total trust in God. The reason was because he could see differently than the servant could. Then Elisha prayed, O Lord, open his eyes and let him see. So he's got this servant here looking out the window with his vast army after them coming towards the city. And he says, open his eyes. And he says that. And the Lord opened the young man's eyes. And when he looked up, he saw the hillside around Elisha was filled with horses and chariots of fire. I tried to look for a video clip uh, the, that would do that, but no one's been had the talent to remake that scene, I don't think, so it hasn't happened. There's a few drawings, but I think, well, I think we can sort of make that look like it's meant to look. And uh, so imagine it's 
army of thousands, but you look up and behind it, there's chariots of, and horses of fire, a vast army, vastly outnumbering them. And the servant suddenly, all his fear would have melted away and thought, yes, we can win this. Like, whoo, it's like, it's all good. It's like, it's amazing when you see things through God's perspective, how things change. And often we, we can see, oh, there's this happening and that happening in our nation and this happening in my life and I see this and that and that and get, we can get worried about it or we can just simply step back and take God's perspective and say, God, how do you see this? None of it's a surprise to him. Things like this have happened in history before and God has taken care of it and so he can do exactly the same thing again. It's not a shock to him. It's just that sometimes we haven't faced it before and so we don't always know how to walk through it and that's why we need the Holy Spirit to lead and guide us. And so he opens his eyes, sees this and thought, oh, this is all good. The servant could see in the natural only, but Elisha could see in the natural and in the spirit. And Elisha had God's perspective. The enemy surrounded Elisha, but God surrounded the enemy. And that's the picture I really want you to get tonight. You can, we, can have, we can have enemy and stuff, throwing stuff at the, at the fabric and morality of our nation. And we can have attacks on our nation and who we are as, as people and in our history and our, what our nation is based on. There can be attacks and, and you can look like it's surrounded. You can have attacks in your own life and you can walk this way and thought, oh, that's, what's going on there? That situation. And go this way, oh, another problem and that another problem. And it feels like you're surrounded. But when you just lift your eyes and you see how God sees surrounding your enemy is God and his army surrounding the enemy. So the way I see it, the enemy's trapped. You're in front, full of the Holy Spirit, more powerful than any enemy can come against you, and God is behind him and the enemy's got nowhere to go but be defeated. <coughs> and so this is a picture they see. And it says, as the Aramean army advanced toward him, you think, oh, is there going to be some huge battle? There's going to be like fiery chariots running down and sword fights and all this kind of stuff. It's going to be an awesome battle, like Lord of the Rings or something like that. And uh, as the Aramean army advances towards him, Elisha simply does this. He prays, O Lord, please make them blind. Battle over. End of, end of battle, right there. They're all coming, thousands coming towards them. Make them blind, Lord. So the Lord struck them with blindness as Elisha had asked. It's amazing that Elisha prayed, let the servants see in the spirit. His next prayer is, God, make them blind in the natural, the army, and God does that. God can do whatever he wants. And so then Elisha went out and told them, you've come the wrong way. (laughs) Guys, what are you doing? Now you're blind, you know, you're lost out here, lost in the mountains. You've come the wrong way. This isn't the right city. Follow me and I'll take you to the man you're looking for. The great, so we're talking about thousands of people. Come on, follow me. And they all their chariots, all these guys that are trying to take him out. They're like, Oh, they're blind, we can't see a thing. And there's people probably leading them, holding each other's hand, dropping their swords. They're so scared, they're blind. I don't need my sword anymore, I just want to see again. And they're all holding, imagine the scene, hold each other's hand, maybe the back bit of their skirt, little skirt army things they're wearing or whatever. I don't know what they were. And they're walking along, you know, and they're trying to not trip over rocks, bang, hurting themselves on the way. And, and he leads them. You've got to picture this. And so he leads them. That's good. 
And then, this isn't the right city, follow me, I'll take you to the man you're looking for. And he led them to the city of Samaria, which is the capital or the largest city in that area, about 12 miles away it was. And as soon as they had entered Samaria, Elisha prayed, Oh Lord, now open their eyes and let them see. Now imagine the scene would have been, they've walked into the middle of the city, whole Samarian army would have been there, armed, standing around them, and he says, let them see, they open their eyes and they're totally surrounded. One moment... One moment, they're surrounding that one-person enemy, one per, only after one person, surrounding the city. There's thousands of them. We're going to take him down. This is where he is. In a moment, they can't see. Leads them 12 miles walk, which would have taken them probably half a day or a day walk or a fair while. And they get there, and then the next time they can see, they're surrounded by the enemy. And they were maybe full of fight and full of faith that they're going to win. And right now the tables have been turned and they're shaking in their boots. <laughs> and so he says, pray now, open their eyes, let them see. So the Lord opened their eyes and they discovered they were in the middle of Samaria. When the king of Israel saw them, he shouted to Elijah. Now this is, this is the king's perspective. My father, should I kill them? Should I kill them? He says it twice. He must have been excited about this. It's like... We've got a chance. We can wipe them out. Let's, we can take out our enemy right. It wasn't the whole army, but let's kill them. And then and that was his attitude. And so it was the same attitude that his enemy had. Never fight a battle with the same attitude as your enemy. And so he said, oh, should we kill them? Should we kill them? And luckily he listened to Elisha. Because it says in Ephesians 6.12, For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world against mighty powers in the dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places we're not fighting against people our fight even these issues in our nation we're not fighting against people there's a spirit behind all those attacks or all those things that are coming against our nation there's always a spirit against it the enemy will use people that he will definitely use people and try and destroy lives and use people the wrong way and people can their lives can be so full of of, of hate and sin and all this kind of stuff and, and that they will get used by the enemy in different ways and sometimes they don't even realize that it's happening. So God will do that, but you know our fight isn't against people. Don't ever fight against people. And so there's a, can I throw that, um, just that quote I um, found before I throw that up, Deb? There's a quote by um, Bill Johnson I read through the week. It says, all of our actions come from one of the two basic emotions, fear and love. Jesus did everything from love. Jesus did everything from love. And so this, you know, this king of Israel, he had fear. He's like, oh, we've got an enemy. Now they're, they're, they've got no, no weapons. They're like, we can take him out. Let's, let's wipe him out because he feared that they were going to destroy the nation of Israel. But Elisha says, no, we don't fight like that. So what do they do? Of course not, Elisha replied. We don't kill prisoners of war. Give them food and drink and send them home again to their master. So the king made a great feast for them. It would have had to be a great feast. You're going to feed a thousand people. Must have had a lot of cows or something lying around. And so great feast for them and then sent them home to their master. After that, the Aramean raiders stayed away from the land of Israel. When... Our fight, when, when there's a battle going on, I just want to read what I've written here. We need to stand up against every attack with righteousness and truth. 
no doubt about that. You need to say what's truth. You need to stand up for what is right. You need to write to politicians. You need to say what's true. And But everything we do, everything we do should come out of love. It sh- everything it should be done out of love. Everything we write, everything we say doesn't come with that. Because if you attack with the same attitude they have, then you're just as bad as the other person. It doesn't, it doesn't solve anything. But when Jesus did everything out of love, everything out of love, and when you do it with love, stand up for truth and righteousness in love. Sometimes you'll cop some beating. Sometimes you'll cop a bit of flack. Sometimes there'll be some persecution. But in the end, when you stand firm, God will back you up. God will back you up and he will see a victory happen. Awesome. Ben, come on up. We're going to... Uh, in there tonight. You can stand to your feet. You can play guitar. Here tonight and, you know, sometimes we all face personal battles and there can be situations and, and things that come against you. Maybe tonight, as I've read that story and talked about some things, that you, um, things have come to mind that where you have, you're facing some battles right now and, and stuff. Maybe it's things from your past. Maybe it's something you're trying to let go of or something you're facing. It could be a family issue. It could be with friends. It could be with work. And it's like you feel like you're being, being attacked. It's like you feel like it's like, I haven't tried to do anything wrong, but I feel like I'm being attacked. Or, or, maybe, a, or maybe you've had an attitude where that you have been attacked, but you've attacked right back with the same anger with the same unforgiveness, whatever it may be. And there's just a clash going on. Jesus did everything through love. Everything came based out of love. He died on the cross for you and me because he did everything out of love, because he loved you, because he loved me. And if you're here tonight in this place, just close your eyes for a moment. A couple of questions. You could be here tonight and you don't know Jesus. You've never given your life to Him. You've never surrendered your life to Him. You've never asked Him to come and forgive you of your sin and don't have a relationship with Him. He did everything in love. He died on that cross for you because He loved you. And he cared for you. And the punishment you deserved because of your sin, He said, give it all. Put it all on me. Put it all on me. And He took the whole lot on the cross for you so that you can have freedom, so that you can have forgiveness. And if you're in this place tonight and you're saying, I don't know Jesus, but tonight I want to respond and give my life to him. If that's you, I just want you to raise your hand in this place. Say, that's me, I need to do that. Thank you. Who else tonight? I want to respond say, that's me, I need to do that tonight. Maybe you've never done it before. Maybe you've done it a long time ago. But you just feel like you're just away from him and you're not sure. But I want to give an opportunity before we finish tonight for you to do that. Anyone need to, else need to do that tonight? And the second thing is this, that you may feel like you're under attack and you're not sure how to handle it. And you feel like that there's some things happen and you, and you just think, God, what do I do? And, and it's like you're saying, God, I need your help. I need your help right now. Help me to understand. Help me to see how you see. Help me to get your perspective. You see what's in front of you, just around you. You see the, you see the enemy around you and your things attacking around you. But God is saying tonight, look up. And tonight he wants to open your eyes to see that God is standing behind the enemy. 
and he has got your back. He is, he is at work in the background and those things that are trying to attack you and bring you down, he is much greater and much stronger. But he wants you to see. And if that's you tonight, he's saying, I need his help. So I see from God's perspective. I just want you to raise your hand in this place. Anyone else tonight? You want to lift your hand? That's what we're going to do. We're going to sing this song through once. And we may not pray for people tonight, but if you are saying, simply saying, God, I need your help. I want, to, I want to see how you see in the situation and you put up your hand then. As we sing this song, I just want you to come and stand out at the front. It's a step of saying, you're stepping to God and saying, God, I need you. As we sing this through once, I want you to stand at the front here. We're just going to pray a prayer at the end of this song and then we're going to finish the meeting. So why don't you come as we sing this? You're a good, good fight. Tonight, and then you've come for different reasons and, and you would know exactly what some things you face and and what you know some things you understand some things you may not understand but understand this that God is with you he's with you he's with you he sees the situation he knew about it before it even happened he, he sees it more clearly than you do he understands it. and I believe tonight as we pray this prayer that he's going to help you see the way he sees and I'm going to pray the Holy Spirit would speak to you clearly like he showed Elisha and said move this way do this or do that that the Holy Spirit will speak to you clearly how to walk through this situation so I'm going to pray I want you to pray this prayer after me Lord Jesus I come to you right now thank you that you go before me and you have paid the price for all my sin and all my mistakes And right now I ask that you would reveal to me and show me my life the way you see it. And the enemies and the threats and the attacks that are around me, I want to see them the way you see them. And I pray you'd show me the way through. Help me to put up the shield of faith and to walk in righteousness. And I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would speak to me and you would lead me and you would guide me and you would show me and direct me how to walk through this situation. I thank you, God, that you are in control and I am not. Be Lord of my life. Take full control. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord, I thank you. Lord, let's just pray for for our nation for one moment. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for our nation. Lord, we thank you. This nation is the great Southland of the Holy Spirit, as it was prophesied years ago. And Lord, we thank you, Father God, that you, Lord, are sovereign over this nation. And we ask, Holy Spirit, that you would move in great power, Lord, through every leader, through every government leader, through every local leader, through every federal leader, Lord God, Lord, as they make decisions, as, as Lord, that you would shut down the enemy's schemes, Lord God, that you would bring down unrighteousness and lift up righteousness, that we'd lift up holiness in our, in our nation, Father God, and I pray for these attacks on our nation and things that are happening in our nation, I pray, Father God, that you would move in great power and bring life 
and freedom and great victory would happen for your kingdom in our nation, Lord. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Let's just give him a shout of praise in his place. Thank you, Lord. Stay tuned for another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church.